0: amen good morning oh come on good morning hey there we go you're awake you're awake hey it's great to be with you and uh boy that that last song just always gives me those spiritual goosebumps and uh i I hope that you know that the lord's presence is here with us today I hope you are able, through the Holy Spirit, to sense his presence here. You know, you can go to church and never experience and know what it's like to feel the presence of God. We want you at the Oasis to begin both personally and then when we come together corporately to really engage with God's presence. And to become more aware and more sensitive to God's presence in your life. Because as we're going to see today, that's one of the ways that David had confidence as he faced and navigated the things that he was in his life. We are going to be in Psalm 27 this morning. We are doing a series on David, the worshiping warrior of God. And we are going back and forth between slices of David's life out of the book of 1 Samuel and then looking at psalms that David wrote that correspond to those scenes or times or seasons in his life. And certainly this psalm can connect us back to last week where David faced that giant Goliath. But this psalm even more is going to set us up for the next couple of weeks as we look at David's life. This psalm is all about who or what is your confidence in. And remember, each week I am giving us a verse or part of a verse to sort of be our our focus, our our meditation, even something that you may want to memorize. Today's verse or part of it actually doesn't even come from Psalm 27. It comes from Proverbs 3, verse 26. And in Proverbs 3, 26, it says this, The Lord will be your source of confidence. The Lord will be your source of confidence. You will see why I chose that as we move through this psalm because this psalm has four major sections or points to it. David is telling us in this song that he wrote that we should be confident in the Lord's protection We should be confident in the Lord's presence. We should be confident in the Lord's promises. And we should be confident in the Lord's power. We'll go down through this psalm in just a moment. A question, though, we need to ask ourselves is this. Is the foundation of confidence in my life God? Or is The foundation of my confidence and how I live my life and face life and navigate everyday life is it in someone or something other than God? Because what David is going to remind us of, and what God is trying to get all of us to see, is it the only sure foundation of confidence in our life, absolute confidence? is God himself. And that with God, as our confidence, we can navigate anything and face anything in our lives. Is the Lord your source of confidence? Before again we get into this, let's be reminded of something. David was around 15 years of age when he was anointed as the future king of Israel. But it would be until his 30s, early 30s, that he would actually ascend the throne and become the king of Israel. Some of you are right there at 15 or thereabouts. So you can really relate to David at this point in his life. And yet, these years from the time he's 15 to 30 are not going to be easy. In fact, for the most part of these years of his life, the years that we're going to be looking at throughout our series on David, he's running for his life. I mean, literally, he is running for his life. He is being hunted by King Saul, who wants to kill him. So David is not only facing giants in his life like Goliath. He is facing dangers and enemies and all of that almost every day of his life. How does this young man navigate that? How does he stand up to all of that? By making the Lord his confidence. So look at it with me, Psalm 27. The first point in the first three verses is that David is saying to us in this song that he wrote to be confident in the Lord's protection, in the Lord's protection. Notice he even says there in verse 1, the Lord protects my life. He is my refuge. I am safe and secure in him and because of him. In another psalm, David wrote, God is our refuge, a very present help in times of trouble. And I couldn't help but when I think about the protection of God, think about this other psalm that we have in the book of Psalms. Where the psalmist writes, I look up toward the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the creator or maker of heaven and earth. May he not allow your foot to slip. May your protector not sleep. Look, Israel's protector does not sleep or slumber. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you in all you do now and forevermore. David had confidence In the Lord's protection of his life, and that nothing was going to happen to him unless God allowed it to happen. And because he knew that God had anointed him to be the king of Israel, no matter what threats he was facing, he could live his life with confidence that God was protecting him. God wants us to live the same way. It's not that we're not going to have threats. It's not that we're not going to have things out there that we could be fearful of. In fact, what you see here, even in these songs, and I love that, David had all this going on in his heart, and yet what did David do in order to express what was going on in his heart? He, he authored songs. He wrote down songs in order to express it. I think that's one of the reasons why we can so relate to the Psalms. Because when it comes right down to it, David is not only speaking to us, he's speaking for us many times. Because you and I have those same thoughts. And, and there's times throughout our study of these songs that David wrote where, yes, he, his confidence will start to wane at times, as we're going to see here. His confidence will lapse at times, but still at the end of it all, he always, come back, he always comes back and he lands on God and he turns to God and he makes God the ultimate confidence and source of confidence in his life. Do you and I believe that the Lord watches over us, does not slumber or sleep, and protects us throughout the movements of our day. And not just us, but our families, all those we love, our friends. Anyway, God watches over us. And I am firmly convinced that there are things that we know God has protected us from, but because he's God, there are also things that we don't know that he's protected us from. Invisible and visible. And maybe someday when we get to heaven, he'll reveal what he's protected us from that we didn't even know about. And maybe he'll choose not to. But the bottom line is because he's God and he doesn't sleep or slumber and he's omniscient, he knows all things, and he's omnipresent, he can be everywhere at the same time. Only God is truly the only one who can 365 days a year 24 hours every day truly protect us and David is saying I'm going to put my confidence in my God he's going to be the source of my confidence and being confident in his protection of me notice also David says two things in these first three verses the Lord will deliver us and the Lord will defend us Notice in verse 1, the Lord delivers and vindicates me. I fear no one. The end of verse 1, I'm afraid of no one. Did he have things to be afraid of and people to be afraid of? Absolutely. Absolutely. God is not saying to us, oh, there's there's nothing to be afraid of out there or no one to be afraid of. He's saying, but if you put your confidence in my protection of you, you can live a fearless life because fear is the antithesis of faith. And when you and I are trusting in God to protect us, it doesn't matter what the fears are and what the threats are, they will be literally dissolved by our faith. And they won't be big because our God, we know, can handle anything that comes against us. Notice again, David in verse 2 and 3 talks about not only will the Lord deliver him, the Lord will defend us as well. He says, When evil men attack to devour my flesh, when my adversaries and enemies attack me, they stumble and fall. And it is clearly implied well, who is it that causes them to stumble and fall? The Lord. The Lord causes David's enemies to stumble and fall. So even as they're trying to come against him, they can't get to him. That They're frustrated. Their plans are frustrated. Their purposes are frustrated. They can't do to David what they would like to do. Why? Because he's confident in the Lord's protection. That yes, God will deliver us, save us, rescue us, and also defend us against those that are trying to come at us. He says, even when an army, verse 3, is employed against me. Well, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? An army, hundreds of people, thousands of people. He's just one person. David says in verse 3, I do not fear. He is choosing not to be afraid. And he's encouraged not to live life in fear. Why? Because he's confident in the Lord's protection. He says, even when war is imminent, notice this last phrase of verse 3, I remain confident. It's the way God wants all of us to live. To live with confidence, to live in confidence. But it's a confidence that only he, God, can give us. And unless we truly believe that the Lord is our protector 24-7, 365 days a year, for as many years as we're alive, then we will absolutely be overcome at times and struggle with fear. We will absolutely live our lives fretting over all the things that could happen. The what-ifs. You ever been there? What if this happens? What if that happens? God is saying to all of us, don't need to worry about that if I'm truly your protector and you're placing your confidence in me to take care of you. The second thing David shares in this psalm is not only to be confident in the Lord's protection, but to be confident in the Lord's presence, beginning in verse four. The verse that Nicole shared with us before the song Show Me Your Glory really illustrates the fact that David knew what should be the overarching passion and priority of his life. And what is it? A preoccupation with the person and presence of God. In fact, There can be no greater antidote or remedy or proscription to distracting fears than to be preoccupied with God. Because I can either choose to live my life looking around me at all the things or all the people that I could be afraid of, or I could just fix my focus upon God and become preoccupied with him. And that's exactly what David is saying in verse 4. In fact, verse four really is under the outline of being confident in the Lord's presence would be seek the Lord. I have asked the Lord for one thing. This is what I desire. And that word desire means to seek with everything I've got. Does that describe our life? Does that describe our passion and priority and preoccupation with our God? That more than anything else in our life, I want more of my God and I want to seek him more and more and more because he's an infinite God and will never come to the end of him. So even throughout eternity, I can spend my whole eternal life seeking more of God and I'll never get to the end of him. I want to live in the Lord's house, David says, all the days of my life. So why? What's the purpose for wanting to be in the Lord's house? Because David knows that that's one of the places that like us, he can always sense and be around and be in the presence of God. And David is saying, there's nothing like it. When you and I live in the presence of God, when we practice the presence of God in our life every day, when we come to a church where the presence of God is very evident, David is saying, isn't that what we all should want more than anything else? One thing, one thing I desire so I can gaze at the splendor of the Lord. He's describing someone himself here who's captivated and enthralled with God. Wow. Captivated and enthralled with God. In a sense, David is saying, I don't want to ever take my eyes off of him. I just... I want to be fixed. I want to be transfixed upon the person of God so I can contemplate him, literally, again, seek him, where? In his temple, in his house. So David is saying, we not only need to be confident in the Lord's protection, but be confident in the Lord's promise for three reasons. One, to seek the Lord. Then in verse five, to trust the Lord. Because the more I seek his presence and I know him and I know his heart, I know I can trust him. Because notice what David says in verse five. He will surely, he will certainly give me shelter in the day of danger. David isn't saying there won't be days of danger. We want to go through life, oh, there's not going to be any bad days. or No, but David is saying, When you and I, first of all, have our confidence in the Lord's protection and then have our confidence in the Lord's presence, the days of danger can come, but I know he will shelter me. I know, notice what else David said. He will hide me in his home. I love that. Here, come over here. I'll take care of you. Because no one can hide us like God can hide us. In fact, this is a really cool word. It literally means to cover. It's like God can cover us and and make us invisible from our enemies. or, Or can supernaturally blind them to where they can't see certain things. Only God can do that. And David understood the literal expression of this in his own life. Notice he says, he will place me on an inaccessible, rocky summit. If we trust him, David says, he will not only hide or cover us, he will exalt us and establish us if we trust him. What a God. You see, all those years that David was in hiding from those who wanted to murder him and kill him, those of you that have been to the Holy Land... You know this better than I. Those areas, those mountains, whatever, they were, they're filled with all kinds of caves. I mean, think of even the cave they discovered, the, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls in. They're dotted with caves and crevices and whatever. And David literally was directed by God to go hide in this cave and and, and this craggy spot over here and and then up in this area of of the mountain over here to where your enemies can't get to you. It's a great hiding place. And God is saying the same thing to us. You and I may not have to, say, flee to the superstition mountains and hide out out there, but God is saying, if you trust me, I can hide you and cover you. Because there's nothing like my presence. And there's nothing that will calm you, that will give you rest and peace and joy like my presence. Trust me to be your shelter. And then finally, under being confident in the Lord's presence, to seek the Lord, to trust the Lord, is to worship the Lord. Notice what David says in verse 6. Now I will triumph. Over my enemies who surround me. Is he surrounded by enemies at times? Absolutely. Yet again, David's like, but I'm going I'm to try him. Not because he had confidence in himself, in his own wit and wisdom or abilities. His confidence was in God, in God's protection, and now in God's presence. And now David will honor the Lord with sacrifice and singing. He says, I will offer sacrifices in his dwelling place and shout for joy. I will sing praises to the Lord. Because this kind of God, David is saying, is worthy of my worship and my praise. And every opportunity I get, I want to shout out how great he is. I want to sing out how great he is. I want to come into his house with all the enthusiasm that I can bring. And I want, to, I want to worship my Lord. I want to exalt him. I want to lift him up. I want to magnify him. That's the heart of David. And that's why David had a heart after God. You see, when we are confident in the Lord's presence... Our priority and passion of our life will be to seek Him above all things. And when we are confident in the Lord's presence, we will trust Him in all things and with all things because we know, because we know Him, that He's got us and He's got whatever situation we're going through right now. And when we truly are confident in the Lord's presence, we will have this passionate desire to offer sacrifices to the Lord and to offer singing to the Lord and to worship him continually. Because there's nothing too much in remembering him and acknowledging him and and showing him our gratitude and thanks that we can do enough of. And so every opportunity We're going to lift up the name of the Lord. In beginning in verse 7, David says, I also have learned and I'm learning to be confident in the Lord's promises. In the Lord's promises. Notice he cries out in verse 7, hear me, O Lord, when I cry out. But you know what? He's confident that the Lord will hear him. Are you confident of that when you cry out to the Lord, that the Lord will hear you? God promises us that he will hear us when we pray, that he will hear us when we cry out. In fact, God's word even says, because he's God, that even those things that we never say or never even know what to say, God hears those as well, those inaudible groanings that that exist way down deep in, in our soul. Yeah, he does. Hear me, O God, when I cry out. Have mercy on me and answer me. And then I love this verse. My heart tells me to pray to you, and I do pray to you, O Lord. What's your heart telling you to do, even right now? How is your heart telling you right now how to respond to your God and to his presence here and to the worship that we've experienced and to the word of God that you and I are hearing? How is your heart telling you to do? David's heart was like, I'm going to pray. That's what I need to do. That's what my heart's telling me to do, to pray to my God. And he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow my heart. Notice also, again, are there times, because he's human, when his confidence wanes, when, when his confidence sort of ebbs and flows? Absolutely. Just like ours does. But I want you to see that in those seconds, if you will, where he's telling himself something that, is not true or where some negative thought or, you know, thing that doesn't line up with who God is comes into his heart, into his mind, what he does is he doesn't dwell on it. He gets right back to where he needs to be. And that's what you and I need to do. And that's what we need to learn to do. We can't necessarily prevent every last thought from coming into our head, but what we can choose to do is to get rid of it to flush it as quickly as possible and to get back to where we need to. And that's what David's doing. So not not only will the Lord hear us, but David is also confident in the Lord's promises that the Lord will care for us. He says in verse 9, Do not reject me. Do not push your servant away in anger. You are my deliverer. In the Hebrew, you're my helper. You are my helper." There is no greater help than God. There is no better helper than God. So do not forsake or abandon me, O God, who vindicates me. And then he says this, even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord would take care of me. I can trust in his promises because God promised not only that he will hear me, but he'll take care of me. And then verse 11. Another thing that David was confident in when it comes to the promises of God is that God will guide us. The Lord will guide us. That's why he asks, verse 11, teach me how you want me to live. Lead me along a level path because of those who wait to ambush me. Guide me, Lord. Lead me. Direct me. Give me direction. Show me. And God will do that because he's promised To do that, not only to hear us, not only to care for us, but to guide us and give us direction in life. Verse 12: Do not turn me over to my enemies, for false witnesses who want to destroy me testify against me. I love the message paraphrase of this verse. If you're familiar with the message paraphrase, Listen to what Eugene Peterson writes in verse 12. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. That's what David's saying. God, it's not that they're going to stop hunting me, but I'm going to trust that you're going to direct me and guide me where I need to be and where I need to go so that I can be protected, so that I can be sheltered, so that I can escape what they're trying to do to me. I'm going to rely on you, and I'm going to be confident because you have promised me you will hear me, you will care for me, and you will guide me. One other point in the psalm this morning, verses 13 and 14. After David sings about being confident in the Lord's protection and confident in the Lord's presence and confident in the Lord's promises, he ends with, we need to be confident in the Lord's power. We need to be confident in the Lord's power. And he makes two points here in these two verses. Verse 13, let the Lord sustain you and let the Lord strengthen you. Verse 13, let the Lord sustain you. Where would I be if I did not believe I would experience the Lord's favor or goodness in the land of the living? David is saying, I know that I will experience his goodness, his favor, as I move forward in my life. And I'm going to let God sustain me all through my life. And then verse 14, let the Lord strengthen you. Rely on the Lord. Be strong and confident. Rely on the Lord. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, we'll look at many months from now, David says, I drew strength from my God. David was continually drawing strength from his God, allowing the Lord to strengthen him for the journeys and the days ahead. And that's what you and I need to do. We cannot live this life in our own strength. We must live it in the strength that only God can supply. Why is it that David uses the word rely twice in verse 14 or in some Bible translations, it's the word wait? Because it, it, it pictures this concept. I'll, I'll end with this. While waiting, we wrap ourselves more and more around our God. And when you think about that visual, whether you want to use a rubber band or anything, the more you wrap it around something, the tighter and the stronger it becomes. So David is saying waiting on the Lord, relying on the Lord, isn't being inactive or passive. It's in those times where I'm waiting, I'm all the time wrapping myself and twisting myself more and more around my God so that the bond between me and my God becomes stronger and so that God can strengthen me as I draw closer to him. Because that's where our strength comes from. The closer we are to God, the stronger we are in our God. And that's why David ends this psalm by saying, rely on the Lord, be strong and confident. Listen, there's no doubt here that this psalm is all about living life with confidence. And Proverbs 3.26 says, let the Lord be the source of your confidence. God wants us to be a confident people. Not in our circumstances, not in ourselves, not in anyone else, but always in him. And when our confidence is in him, we'll never be disappointed. Now we are going to observe the Lord's table today. Some of you may say, what does this psalm have to do with the Lord's table today? Give me just a second. If you're saved here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, which is what the table represents and commemorates is his sacrifice upon the cross for each of us to do in remembrance of him, you realize that in order to do that, you had to place your absolute full confidence in him. You had to believe that what he did on the cross and what happened subsequently in his resurrection was enough to save you. And that you could trust what he said that when you accepted him and put your confidence in him that his blood and his sacrifice was enough to secure your eternal salvation and forgiveness of all sin. That's a lot of confidence to have. And I guess why I'm saying that is I want us then to take away from today this thought. Our greatest need in our lives ever is the need of a savior if you in your life have already trusted him fully to be your savior and that what he did was enough for you and you're not trusting in anything or anyone else to save you and give you eternal life and forgiveness of sins, then why are we struggling to trust him for all the other lesser needs in our life and to not have confidence in him for those because our salvation takes great confidence in him. It takes absolute, complete confidence in him because we've come to a place where we go, I can't do anything to save myself. I can't do anything to secure eternal salvation. So I've laid myself bare before you, God. I'm totally throwing myself upon you. And I'm believing in what you said, that if I accept your son and what he did for me on the cross, I will be saved for all of eternity then why don't we place that same kind of complete confidence in him every day we live and let God be the source of your protection and that you can be confident in his protection of you, being confident in his presence in your life, in his promises, and in his power. That's where God wants to get us to today. So this morning, what I'd like to do, a little bit different, because I really want us to, as much as possible, be able to worship the Lord here together, but I realize there's the practicality of getting all the elements out. So I'm going to ask Teresa and her team if they would step forward now, and we're going to begin to get the elements out to you, and they're actually going to start in the back and move forward. As you get these elements, when you feel comfortable, here's what I'd like you to do. I realize there's confusion. But when you feel comfortable, because this is what we all want to end with, everybody standing and everybody worshiping so that we can all take communion the elements together. So at some point, that's what I'm going to invite you to do. As they start passing out the elements from back to front, our worship team is going to come and get set here And they're just going to get started and hopefully as you get the elements and feel comfortable standing, then we can all begin to join them in this worship song to end the service with this morning. Okay? So I'm just going to let them start passing things out. I'm just going to make a couple other directions and then Nicole and her team can come. The bread is gluten free, so no matter if you have allergies or whatever, you're safe there. The uh, the The wine is non-alcoholic wine. Uh, So just to let you know, if you're new to the Oasis, that's what that's all about. Uh, And once we get those, like I said, and, and you have them, once our worship team starts, we just want to invite you to stand and join us as we worship the Lord. So I'm going to ask Nicole and the worship team to come now and get set. And as we do this, we'll do it all together, and we'll figure it out together, and guess what? I had to place my total confidence in the Lord that this would all work out today, (laughs) because Jeff, I don't know how to do it, but God knows how to do it, so we'll trust him for it, all right.